Welcome everybody to the third episode of The Spectacle with Scott McKay and me, Melissa McKenzie, the publisher of The American Spectator. We are hopefully going to get better and better. Both Scott and I have been looking at our previous two podcasts and see some work we need to do. And so we're going to do it. And today we are have so many topics to talk about that we need to get right into it. The first one has, I don't know if we should do a blood boiler out of the gate. You know, usually, you know, it's like a, a sweet story to start or something. But in this case, um, there was an article over at the Atlantic and the chick who wrote it wants COVID amnesty. And in her first story in the article, she was talking about going on a walk outside with bandanas on each of her family members' faces, Scott, and her son felt emboldened, felt self-righteous enough, that little shitty kid yelled at some neighbor and screamed the words social distancing. And now this lady who's raised a mini tyrant wants amnesty for her and for all of her, um, you know, the other 50 whatever percent of the country who made life freaking miserable for everyone. They want amnesty now. Scott, what do you think about that? Um, well, uh, let's see. How do we get all of this in in the time we've allotted for it? Because that that's one of the uh, innovations that we're, we're trying to put in place for this third episode is to actually stay within a time budget. Um, and of course, we went and picked an issue that we could probably talk about for six hours. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I did not read this entire Atlantic piece. I couldn't. I got a out to that story and a little beyond it and skipped skip through it and and was so incensed um that i just i had to put it down and the thing is is again we're, we're recording this on tuesday and tonight i'm actually writing a piece at the american spectator about this horrible article so i have to go back in which i am dreading um but the good news is that i can summon up enough outrage to like bang out my piece in about 10 minutes um <laughs> It's look, here's the thing. And, and there's a, a massive, massive problem with this. And, and I don't want to read too, too much into it. But, you know, there's sort of like this whole kind of, hey, you know, we're all kind of Christians here and Christians forgiven. It's like, yeah, you don't really understand any of this. Because before there's forgiveness, there is repentance. And there is penance. And I don't see any repentance and I don't see any penance. What I do see is an entire political party full of people who did exactly what you say, which is to make life miserable, deliberately make life miserable for everybody in the country. Not only that, they did it to make us satisfied with less. Remember these people kept talking about the new normal, right? Oh, well, it's because of COVID and we do this. And oh, this is our great excuse to do the great reset and yada, yada, yada. And these people were actually fired up and happy about the fact that the control government was getting out of the COVID pandemic was making things possible for them that they otherwise wouldn't do. They kept talking about how, oh, wait, we'll just pivot to climate change and keep this going and people will get used to it and it'll be fine, right? And the worst of it was this. And, you know, Trump was president. And of course, all of this was about getting Trump to a very large degree, right? Which is just 100% unforgivable under any circumstances. But when, you know, and 
Trump's um, his instincts on COVID were were good, right? He looked at the numbers from the very beginning. He says, you know what? This isn't going to kill the vast majority of the people that get it, okay? Which means we can treat this like we can get herd immunity, which every virus ultimately is going to is going to become, you know, whatever, because people will get some form of of um, of natural immunity to it when enough people get it and, and so forth. And he said, OK, so fine, I'll do two weeks to, to you know, to to um, to slow stop the, slow stop the, the spread. Two right. 14 that, days to stop the that, spread. Once we've staffed up the medical, uh, uh, you know, professions or the, the, the hospitals or whatever, and we've given them all the stuff that they need, and we've made all the masks and done all this kind of stuff. Then after that, we're going back to normal. And then he started talking about, look, we're going to treat this thing, right? Like it's important that we treat it. And no sooner did that happen. And this was because Big Pharma didn't look at it and say, well, we can't make any money off of hydroxychloroquine. And because Trump talked about hydroxychloroquine, all of a sudden there was this wacko woman in Arizona that killed her husband with fish tank cleaner. And they said, oh, Donald Trump made her do it, right? And there was this entire narrative that affected every single um, uh, attempt to treat the virus, right? Like to, to actually give people, whether it was common antiviral drugs, that had a very good effect on this thing, okay? I mean, like, if you took HCQ or ivermectin early when you got COVID, you were going to beat COVID. Even if you had comorbidities, it was going to help you beat COVID, okay? And they shut that down. It got so bad. When I got COVID, which was Christmas of uh, 2021, okay, and I, I got the Omicron variant, okay? I was, like, really sick for a day and a half, and then after that, it was just mucus that I couldn't get rid of. So, you know, I, I called a doctor and I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. Like I'm basically getting well, but I, I want to get rid of this, you know, I'm constantly blowing my nose. Get me, get me some iver, ivermectin. Will that work? He says, of course it'll work. He said, but I, I mean, I'll prescribe it to you. Can't find it. No, no pharmacist won't even prescribe this anymore. They've shut it down so much. He's like, just take vitamin D. 50,000 IUs of vitamin D, he said, it'll beat it. I'm like, really? He says, yeah, COVID is a, it's a vitamin D deficiency is what it is. And I'm like, well, how come I'm hearing that now? He goes, oh, they, they, I mean, they won't let anybody say any of that. And the whole point is these very tyrants, these people who now want an amnesty for COVID because everything that they did turned out to be not just wrong, but destructively wrong. They're, uh, and at the time, when people were trying to get the word out about things you could do to actually make things better for your family so that people didn't die, people weren't sick as a dog for weeks on end, all the rest of it, to make this a manageable pandemic, they didn't want that. They didn't want that. And how many people died? How many people's lives were ruined? How many excess deaths based on these lockdowns did these tyrants and scumbags, how many, how many of those people had their lives completely ruined based on the branch COVIDian nuttery that these people put in place. And now they're like, oh, you know, hey, you know, don't worry about it. I mean, we just, you know, like, let's just, you know, let's just, uh, let's just chalk this up to experience. And you know like, why this is, wait, wait a minute. You know why yeah, this right. is all, this is all coming out. It's because the Republicans are going to get back in and they're going to start frog marching the the different uh, CDC people Absolutely. to come through through and they don't want to have 
these kind of revelations that are there. You know, then we have the Senate committee that just came out and said, oh, yeah, by the way, we do think that the most likely thing that happened was a Wuhan lab leak. Well, you know, the problem is, is that way back at the beginning, when I said that Fauci was funding this and that it, his name is all over this stuff and that his, you know, these NGOs and stuff working with China. And you're like, what? What are we even doing helping gain of function research in China. Why these people? And the reason is, is because in America, the kind of research they're doing is illegal and unethical. And so they do this stuff over in China, then China, oopsie, releases the this virus out. And um, it all leads right back to America yep. and our money. So that's the big global thing. But on the particular level, People could not be with their wife while she was having a miscarriage in the hospital. People couldn't be with grandpa while he was, my grandma languished for two years with no one being able to visit her in person. In her, and she's over a hundred. If she dies from something, she's lived her life, but we're gonna strip the last few years of her life of any dignity. And this happened everywhere. I, I'm infuriated that the, the they want to just walk on. And in addition to that, these sanctimonious, absolutely self-righteous assholes were, were coming and telling other people, well, you want to kill grandma. They killed their children's education in service to a, a, a you know, this disease clearly affects older people more so you protect them. You do what Ron DeSantis did in Florida. You protect the older people, but you do punish the people who are okay in this virus with this virus, and you let the children go to school. And so I wrote way back in 2021, at the beginning of the year, that it was an abomination and completely racist that they were not sending inner city school children to school. So they put children who are already behind because of this kind of wacky ideology and more than that because the teachers unions were selfish and didn't want to work and lazy and so they don't want to go into the school system where they are exposed to every bug known to man because they're teachers don't want to teach these children and no one advocated for these kids no one and then we had the same people and this really made me angry because there were debates on the right scott there were debates on the same insider groups who were like, oh, no problem if somebody gets fired. Well, it's their choice not to take the vaccine. And I was like, these blue collar workers worked all the way through the pandemic. These nurses, these doctors, these grocery store workers. My son never got a day freaking off during this. He had to work at the grocery store. He was exposed every day. And now because he may not want to get the vaccine, fire him. It's a, it, it, you know, these people have no idea what they've done. And then they tore families apart because jerks like this writer whose sanctimonious little shit kid is probably alienating half their family because they were like, well, we're, we can't get together. Oh, you want to get together for Thanksgiving? Oh, you're a bad person. I mean, it's terrible. Those holiday stories, okay, with the families that didn't Ugh. have... I mean, I like, I know so many people that went through that. It's not even funny, right? Yeah. Because they had the, you know, like the, the, you know, the, the liberal brother or sister-in-law or whatever. Right. Like, 
oh, I, if you're not vaccinated, then we can't have Christmas. And, right, right. And like this is this has done so much damage to families all over the country. Um, I mean, I, and it's just the, the you, you could go of- to Costco, but you couldn't go to church and take communion. Right. You could you could go you to could the go bar. To casino. Yes, casino. you could go to All casino. casinos were open, but not the churches, right? And I mean, and there's was- a guy here where I am in Baton Rouge, Tony Spell, who's from the very beginning. Said, no, I'm not shutting down my church. There's nothing you can do. I mean, that's like this is a, a classic First Amendment thing, and I'll go to the mattresses on it. And I mean, you know, they, like it, it went all the way basically to the U.S. Supreme Court of them trying to prosecute this guy, right, right for holding church services. And I mean, you know, like. I think that it's over. I think the Fifth Circuit basically laughed the state out of court. Okay. But I mean, this happened all over the place. But he had to defend himself. And you had parents who were literally arrested in front of their children outdoors at a playground. They filled up skate parks. The most, the healthiest place you could be would be outside being, you know, 15 years old on a skateboard. You're perfect. You're going to be fine with life. And they filled it with sand. I just... These what people, about, what about, what about the, the paddleboard guy off of Malibu? They yeah. fished him out of the ocean to arrest him. I mean, and, and, and like, we're going to just let bygones be bygones. My answer to that is I'll tell you what. Um, first of all, every public official that was in office and perpetrated this crap has got to go. Like, they've either got to be voted out of office, and a damn good many of them are going to get voted out of office next week, which is good. That's yeah. number one. Number two, um, I want lawsuits. And of course, I can't have them because particularly pharma, which let's face it, big pharma was the number one uh, outside of China and and Fauci and and Peter Daszak. Uh, Big pharma was the number one villain here, okay? Because this was all profit driven with them. Common antiviral medications would have knocked this out for 80 to 85% of the population. All right. And they did everything they could to make sure that they put people on remdesivir instead yep. of hydroxychloroquine and remdesivir killed people. Right. Yep. Um, the medical device profession. Oh, no, no, no. We need to go st- like we need billions and billions of dollars for ventilators that killed 75 percent of the people they put on. And they let put me- everybody on them. Well, because- in New York, let me just tell you what they were doing. I It's it's such a medical abomination that I can't believe that there aren't lawsuits right now about it. They would hook, they hook people up to the respirator. They, the tubing they'd use would be so long because they didn't want the nurses or doctors in the room with these terrible, you know, infected people. And so the people would be the, not only was the treatment counterproductive and made them sick, sicker, but they were alone. So they didn't have any family or friends to advocate to them, advocate for them. And if you're at all familiar with the medical field, which I am, forget it. Uh, somebody should never, ever go into the hospital um, alone. And so all these people were alone and they not only were alone, they didn't even have a doctor or nurse. They'd bring the monitors and the tubing out of the room, have 20, which is, you know, 25 feet of tubing which is great for bacteria to grow because it's longer, it has more more room to grow. Absolute evil, malpractice. And the thing is, is they all knew it. And the reason they were doing it is because it made them more money. money. And, um, you know, it was like 20,000 a bed. 
So like if you put somebody on a vent and they were in a, a, a room, it was all about money. Well, it was, it so, was more than 20. It was like $39,000 that they gave them to put somebody on a vent. They killed 75% of them. And yeah. we're supposed to just say, oh, let's have an amnesty for yeah. that? When we right. can't even, you can't even do a lawsuit on this. You can't even file mm-hmm. malpractice lawsuits because of because of the emergency use yeah. uh, uh, regulations and so forth that, that CDC and all these other federal agencies did. The entire medical profession, big pharma and all of it, they're yep. completely immune from lawsuit. Yep. And yeah, oh, well, we want amnesty. And I'm like, no, no, because you have to have some form of repentance in order to get uh, forgiveness. And there's, there's, there's nobody's asking for that. None of the, the pharmaceutical no. companies haven't put a, a fund together and say, look, right. you know, we made X amount of dollars. We're going to continue make making billions of dollars because now the stupid Pfizer vaccine is $130 where it was 30 something before. And the government is still demanding that people take it right. They're not, they want to give kids this stuff, which now we know they haven't even studied it. They have no idea what it actually does to kids. And of course, you know, everybody unanimous, all of the, the, uh, the, uh, the side effects of this thing and myocarditis and all the rest of it. And like, so there's, if like if Pfizer wants amnesty from this, and honestly, there should be major recriminations. Like there, we should totally revamp all of the FDA stuff, all of the federal statutes. All, like all of this stuff needs a, a total reexamination under a Republican Congress. Um, and and you know, like if you want to hold, you know, stave some of that off, fine. You put fifty percent of the money you made off of those vaccines into a fund, and you start paying out for people who've been injured by COVID vaccines. They're not going to do that. Talk, then we can talk about yeah. getting back to, to square one, because yeah. right now this is a massive ripoff. So much damage has been done to civil liberty over the last two years as a result yeah. of quackery. That right. This entire thing has been nothing. This is I mean, you talk about we can't even like we can't make fun of the medieval Europeans that when the Black Plague came along, mm-hmm. all the stupid things they did, because we made worse mistakes with more information. And it was all based on politics and power, not not medicine. Okay, not public health. And everybody, like they should. I want all of these federal agencies that are involved in whether it's the FDA, CDC, especially the NIH. I want every one of these things scrubbed out. And most of the people fired, like Musk is talking about doing to Twitter. All right, I want all of that done. Kick these people out and let them go make a living. All right. And all of these, these, you know, the AMA and some of these other politicized uh, medical trade groups that that did everything they could to to starve out the people in their profession that had a, a, a much more scientific view. Like I want, I want those organizations defenestrated, and I want new management coming in there. When these people give up the power that they had to abuse the American people, and when they're out on the street, then we can talk about an amnesty. What we can't talk about is leaving the same bad apples in place that did that made this monstrous set of mistakes in the first place and just say, oh, OK, well, hey, I hope it was a learning experience so that when, when you do this to us again, maybe we can get a better effect. Bullshit. No amnesty, no forgiveness without repentance and no repentance without serious reckoning and consequences to these people. I want them out. I want all of these these Congress critters and senators and governors 
and especially this president and these bureaucrats. I want every single one of them out on their ass. Okay, I want a bunch of people who have a, had a much better idea about how to protect public health in positions of power. Okay, and then we can talk about it. And let me, I'll just say this. I don't want anybody who ever thought about writing for the Atlantic to have anything to do with public health policy in America. And then we can talk about an amnesty. Okay, because you failed. All right. And at the end of the day, I demand for the money that we have to pay for this government and all of the different you know, things that feed off of it, whether it's pharma or the medical industry or any of that, for that kind of money, because we spend more than anybody else in the world, and it's not even close, on a per capita basis, these people make unbelievable amounts of money, and they suck. They absolutely suck, and they proved it during COVID. So for the kind of money that we're spending, I want excellence. And what I have seen from these people is not excellence. It's garbage. It's third world crap. It's a bunch of power hungry bums who can't do anything right, who have, have trashed public health. Let me just I, like I'm going to go a little bit off the field. But so what like next to age, what's the number one comorbidity uh, factor with COVID? Wait, you know, wait, right? yeah. you can't be a fatty. You can't be obese. OK, mm -hmm. it killed it killed obese people like there's no tomorrow. How come the public health establishment in this country didn't put it on a national health kit? Right. Hey, everybody in America has got to lose 20, 25 pounds right now because it'll stop COVID. That was the moment which we all know that as a country, we're too fat. Hell, I'm too fat. I need to lose 30 pounds. The whole freaking public health establishment should have said, look, if you're not old, the number one thing you can do to, to avoid getting COVID is to get in better physical condition. So, like, let's open up the high school track everywhere in America, and we're going to give you $1,500 if you can run a mile in 12 minutes or something. Whatever yeah, but, they, but the thing is, these people were wearing masks outside. They they actually made children fatter through this thing. No, I, I get it. That's what you're, I'm saying. You're concerned about the global thing? You know what scares me is that that governmental power could not have happened if my next door neighbor, which she was fine, by the way, but I'm just saying our neighbors who sat there and, and were all for this, who were I mean, they did a poll and something like 60 percent, 54 percent of Democrats wanted to take away the children of people who didn't get vaccinated. I know. I'm sorry. The government doesn't have the power to do what it did. I kept saying this on Twitter. The the uh, pandemic is over when the American people say it is. That's when it'll be done, because, you know, I had to laugh here in uh, Texas. Target had these rules about who could come in or not right into the store. Right. And at, at a certain point, which wasn't too far into it, everybody just was like, you know, the poor kid at the front who was like the mask police. Everybody just kind of, you know, the middle-aged people just blew past him and were like, you know, what's he going to do? Tackle everybody not coming in with a mask? And then it ended. And so then, you know, like months and months and months later, you know, the Target announces that they're changing their rules. And I was started laughing. I was like, dude, those rules were over a year ago in the my local Target because the people said it was done. And I think this is the problem. We have a, a nation full of vindictive, stupid sheep. And this is what was revealed. We don't have to wonder how Mao's struggle sessions happened. We don't have to wonder how Stalin happened. We don't have to wonder how, uh, you know, people could live next door to a gas chamber and be like, what? You know, after it was all done, 
we have just lived through our neighbors being okay if we lost our job, lost our children, went to jail, every kind it's still happening in the military there's guys who have given their lives basically to the united states and her people and they are worried about being booted out of the special forces which it costs some like like two million dollars to train one of these people and they're being booted out because right now because they're refusing to get vaccinated because they're at the fittest age and their highest risk risk of myocarditis and so it is logical for a man who's in his 20s or 30s to be like, you know what? I don't want to die of a heart attack getting something that if I got would be a cold for a skinny fit dude. It's a cold. And I yes, I know that there's exceptions to the rule. And then when the CDC said yes to the the vaccine for children and they have no risk, do you know that the risk from flu is like at least 10 times higher the hospital, I was at Texas Children's yesterday, by the way, the waiting room is full. You know what the, it's full of? Not COVID. It's full RSV. of flu and RSV. That's right. And so, you know, this is absolutely not, in my opinion. But the biggest thing is, is that I, we have um, degraded so much as a country that the average citizen has no problem things that should be anathema to an American to be okay with an innocent person being hauled off to jail in front of their children because they're not wearing a mask by the ocean outside. That should infuriate people. And it didn't. Yeah. And people were half all the half the country had infuriated. The other half yeah. voted for Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and that, so they could be safe. And look what's happening now. The, the excess uh, mortality is higher. Absolutely. Well, look, I mean, the fentanyl problem was it was it was there. It was pre-existing before COVID. It's exploded. And it's yeah. not just because the border is open. Yeah. OK, it, it's exploded. And I mean, these are not we'll, we'll ultimately probably do at least a segment on fentanyl in the future. But um, those are not overdoses. Those no. are poisons. Yes. Okay. Those are people taking pills because they need something because they're depressed and all the all the other stuff that that results in from being in a culture that's as sick as ours is. Okay. Yeah. And then getting those pills that they're taking are laced with fentanyl that drug cartels you know got from China and brought over here to make a quick buck. All right. And nobody in the entire public health establishment, nobody in our government gives a damn, all right? Because the people that that's happening to, generally speaking, are flyover country. They're the type of folks that they don't care about. That sea of red that we talked about in the last podcast, they don't care about these people. And this is the, the like, the- Well, what about the homeless? I, I mean, it's happening, uh, the homeless out in California or whatever. I mean, it doesn't take much fentanyl, even for a hardcore addict, um, see also George oh, Floyd, um, to yeah. kill anybody. I mean, that's what he really ultimately died from. Um, so here, here's the thing. I'm going to transition to the next topic because it, it links to this. So throughout all of this, we find out that the Department of Homeland Security, Big Pharma, is working with Twitter yep. to, to filter what we can and can't say and who we can say it to. So all the people who were right, by the way, were being filtered. And the only message that could be given was from the government and Big Pharma. And so Elon Musk takes over Twitter and 
reveal some of the the uh, messaging. Now we have a constitutional issue because the government is actively stifling what Americans can say through a private business. And if I am not wrong about this, but there's a word for that, and I think it's called fascism. And we I mean, have it's it a right. Textbook definition of fascism. It's a textbook that de- I mean, I was like, this is it. And we're always hearing about this, you know, problem out here with Trump or whatever. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but this kind of uh, message control and everything and the lefties are completely freaking out, which just shows you how much power that they've had to control the narrative via all of these different systems. So I don't know, how hopeful are you that Twitter is going to be the marketplace of ideas again? Um. Well, I'll put it to you this way. You can already see a colossal difference over the space of five days since uh, really Wednesday or Thursday of last week, I think, was when kind of the the, uh, the, the shackles came off of Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was really kind of fun to watch because all the conservatives were on Twitter going, let me see if I can say this. <laughs> like, did I, do? I didn't get bad. Oh, well, then let me see if I can say this. And it was so funny because by Friday, you know, people were just, you know, posting like, you know, quick little things like there are only two sexes. And it was like, it was amazing to see how much of that was there. And it was because you couldn't say that for five years. Like they, right. they would. They would delete your tweet. They would ban you for seven days. They would do all this different kind of stuff, um, fact check you and the whole bit. And like all of that is gone. And of course, it's been super instructive as that has all gone to watch, you know, sort of the the, the mainstays, the George Takeys and the Robert Reiches and the Rob mm-hmm. Reiners and the rest of these sanctum- sanctimonious shitbags that are, you know, like, Twitter has promoted, like they get this guy 50 million, um, you know, Twitter followers. God knows how many of them are bots, but like, like somehow George Takei was like, I don't know, interesting enough to have all those many people on Twitter. And you know, that was a fraud because the guy is the most boring, like useless guy there is. He was a, a bit part actor a zillion years ago on a show that was on TV. Star Trek, the original Star Trek was like two seasons. Or something like people don't even realize it was like not they did like 50 shows and he was in a john wayne movie about vietnam um believe it or not like like when the guy was 20 something years old he actually played like a like a south vietnamese like special forces commando guy and then he was sulu and then that was it like that's this guy's entire career he's in like he's a complete d-list nobody who turned up on Twitter and all of a sudden he's like, oh, really influential. I'm like, with who? Anyway, him and Meathead Bob Reiner, or Rob Reiner and freaking Robert Reich, who is like a thing because why? Like this guy was a moron in the Clinton administration a zillion years ago. And other than the fact that he's like the shortest economist in the world, I think, I think that's, I think that's actually a thing. I think he's like literally the shortest economist in the world. He's like a midget mental and otherwise and these guys are the ones that you're supposed to pay attention to on twitter and they were always like they, none of them ever had an interesting take and they're like to this day i still get and i'm not i don't follow any of these people i go on twitter and there is always something from clowns like john pavlowski and john cooper and rick wilson and it's like 
why am I getting this in my feed? Because I don't follow these clowns. They have nothing interesting to say. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's an algorithm that does that. Like, if oh yeah, they're promoted. So you get this and it's yeah. like, yeah, but I like, nobody cares what these guys think. I mean, like literally nobody, like every t- everything they post, they get ratioed. And of course now they get ratioed. Because like they kind of got ratioed before and now they really get ratioed because the fact of the matter is you can actually tell these people what you think now. And of course, oh, but that just means there's so much hate speech on Twitter. It's like, no, no, this is people being honest finally and, and voicing the fact that the crap that comes out of these morons mouths is actual crap. And, you know, that's the really interesting thing is, is like, it's really is pulling back the curtains so that you can see that all of these people that were supposedly so influential and were like, you know, so um, um, necessary to the public conversation are not, they don't represent of a large proportion of the population. They represent a very, very small portion of the population. And the number one thing Elon Musk is, is doing that he's at least plans to do that. I, I am so um, I, I think it was so brilliant is he says, okay, all of these guys with blue checks, it's going to cost you 20 bucks a month now. Because <laughs> honestly, that blue check system is not like there was never any merit to it. It was just, you know, the, the little uh, uh, Twitter people that that work there, you know, were like giving their friends out blue checks and then like right. making everybody else sure. beg for them. All right. And it had, it had no, I mean, you know, like you're verified, like who cares? Like what difference does it make? Right. Well, the thing so- is, originally, the, the original verification was, and this was a real problem at the beginning. So like there was a couple things that they did. One, the verification was so that if somebody like me, so like I had 25, 30, 40,000 followers and I never juiced the system or anything like that. But there were about four or five accounts who were pretending to be me. And I'm like a nobody. But it was a problem because the average person would see my picture, wouldn't notice that there's a... Z instead of an S at the end of the Twitter profile and think that I had said something. And so that was a real problem at the beginning. And people would do that because it would get, they would get quick followings and um, because people would think there was someone else, but like Twitter and I went to war almost immediately when it started, this was at the beginning um, because the way they gave out the verification was so, so hacky and it was so arbitrary And so like I was always talking crap about the leadership at Twitter. Well, they put me on this kind of suppression, whatever list. So every time I'd get up to 55,000, they would knock me down by like 15,000. They would just take away whatever. So for years, like algorithmically, it's like impossible. But there was this kind of war. So they have this whole list of verified. And I don't know if you remember, um, like a year or two ago, all the uh, verified accounts kind of got frozen. They couldn't um, they couldn't t- tweet for a while. Well, that ha- I'm not verified, but that happened to me. So I was like, oh, so I am on their list, but they are purposely, they're just being shitty. <laughs> they just want to, you know, because I've talked crap about them for so long. The problem is, is so like now then you have like a mid-tier person on the left. Well, they juice just as they you know, suppress and don't let people see your feed and don't let anybody see. So like I protected my account like a month ago because I was like, oh, all of a sudden my engagement shot up. People who hadn't seen me for years all of a sudden saw me. And so I was like, 
ah, screw it. I mean, they're suppressing me so much. I might as well keep it protected. Um, and so like, but now people who used to get a ton of engagement, right? Like a ton of comments and stuff are getting zero because they're not being helped by the algorithm the other way. So we bring some merit back to the system online and a lot of celebrities are unhappy. A lot of D-list people like George Takai are gonna be unhappy. All of these people are gonna be unhappy. And, and I, I, oh well. You know, look, I, I think Twitter can live without Taya Leone and Ken Olin and, and, <laughs> and Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. Honestly, I like, I, you know, like I can get through my day without seeing tweets from Taya Leone. Who, you I, know, I have sure my whole life on Twitter. Like, absolutely, you know, sage human being, I'm <laughs> sure. But, you know, like, I, it's not as like, oh, I'm leaving Twitter. And it's like, you posted 11 tweets saying that you were leaving Twitter, which tells me that it's your publicist that's on Twitter and not you. Right? right. And like, let's, right. Milk, let's milk me leaving Twitter as much as I possibly can. And it's like, just get the hell off of here, why don't you? I mean, you know, the, the whole thing... All of this has 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 really kind of devolved into um, a mess, right? Like, but but the neat thing about it is, with Musk buying it, and of course, it's so funny because dumbass Robert Reich goes on there last night. He's just, uh, Elon Musk must he must relinquish Twitter because he posted this thing that was kind of a troll job on the New York Times, and then he ended up deleting, and it was all about Paul Pelosi's thing or whatever. Right? He, he must relinquish Twitter. It's like. He paid $44 billion to own this thing lock, stock, and barrel. What do you mean relinquish it? The guy buys a house and he freaking landscapes his yard different than you like, and you come and knock on his front door. You have to leave your house. You know what's going to happen? He's going to kick you in the nuts, and rightly so. And, I mean, you know, nothing's going to happen to little Bobby Reich because he said that. But, I mean, it's like it was the stupidest thing I've ever freaking seen that this idiot thinks that he's in a position to dictate to a guy that paid $44 billion for a social media app, oh, you have to do thus and so. And it's like, who the hell do you think you are? And that is really the, that I mean, like, that is the the question that everybody on the left that's on that app right now, you know, kicking and screaming like a three-year-old, all right, they, like they all need to get that question in their face. Who the hell do you think you are? Because for the last 10 years, we have had to, like these people have actually driven the conversation. Things would be said on Twitter by certain people that Twitter's, you know, employees favored. And right. those things would make their way onto the legacy media. These tweets, mm-hmm. right. journalists didn't even bother interviewing people. They just went and read, oh, I need to go talk to someone I'll just go read his Twitter. And they would do that. And then they, from there, they would like, oh, some left winger said something. And then they like, they'd make an entire news story. And this happened at Politico. It happened at the Hill. It happened at every one of these political publications, excuse me, publications would go, they just like, I'd spend an hour on Twitter and write an article. Okay. And I mean, look, and the stuff, I, I mean, I've done that too. I'm not, I'm not trying to just, you know, um, castigate all the little millennial reporters that have done it, but <laughs> The, like, I mean, this is ABC News. This is this is the New York Times. This is the right. Washington Post that have all done this. And that they have basically taken, you know, 256 characters all of a sudden makes you a source for the mainstream media. And there's no real journalism there. There's no actual perspective. The whole thing is a complete mess. And I mean, you know, Twitter has value. 
But no, call that guy and have a conversation with him and, and find out what he really says that he can't say in, in 256 characters. And maybe there's some understanding that can be passed along in the story you write. But they don't even do any of that, okay? And, and so now we're in a situation where that little closed loop environment that they made over the last 10 years where they suppressed half of the country has now been blown open, okay? And so when you're, you know, whoever at the Washington Post and you want to do journalism, quote unquote, the way you've been doing it, and so you go grab somebody's tweet, oh, I'll just embed this in my article. And then somebody clicks on the tweet and sees that this guy got ratioed by 5,000 people telling him what a jackass he is. You can't write that article like that anymore. Like you can't do it because in the comments under your article, you're going to get ratioed. Right by the same people who <laughs> turn around and make you look like a complete jackass. And even dumb millennial reporters that work at some of these newspapers are going to be in a situation like I can't do it that way. And if they aren't in that situation, the editors will be like, like you know, look, the advertisers are complaining because like we have to shut our comments section down because all of our our articles are just disgusting. How bad the comments are because. You opened us up to this ridicule, right? So it's a totally different deal when you have a fair fight on Twitter. Yeah. And the thing of it is, and I know why they did what they did with Twitter, okay? Because the way that app works is built, built for the right, okay? Yeah. It's yes. built for the right. And they did, I don't think they ever realized it when they, when they invented Twitter and they put it out there was you know like what you can do with memes and right. what you can do with one liner because the thing about look conservative philosophy is a whole lot of common sense and it's a whole lot of history and it's a whole lot of like things that everybody knows and the left is their entire project is to try to convince people not to know what they know right right and so it's, and it's been so very effective easy. well i mean and like the you know the the meme is the left can't meme Okay, right. it's, they show it over and over and over again that they can't meme, but the right can meme. And so when you stop suppressing conservatives, uh, and I mean, you know, it's instructive. One of the things that Elon said when he took the thing over, he says, he says, you know, comedy is now legal on Twitter, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it's true because, you know, I mean, like Halloween has come up and there's this spirit Halloween costume things and people have just i mean it's, it's like the funniest memes you ever saw right. have popped up for that um but you know and the thing is, is there's so much difference between how the right does it and how the left does it and the right is just so much more entertaining and so like well that's like okay in real life i'm sorry to be talking over you and we're yeah. not supposed to do that but i was just thinking about how greg guffeld is succeeding and how there's just kind of a a joyfulness and a, a you know a true conservative is a happy warrior like reagan talked about you're you're happy and so like i was thinking about you know obama being back to switch to another subject and uh joe biden who's obviously creepy and has a problem with children yeah. um and we have this contrast here of this kind of worshipful Obama-ness, and he's just kind of a mean, nasty person, very highbrow. And the and the and the way you get under the skin of a guy like that, I mean, of course, the Democrats love it. Oh my goodness, they love it. And so do the insider GOP insiders in DC. They love that kind of arch humor at the expense of the average person. Um, 
And so, and then you have Biden who was foisted on America by the media and, and everything else. And, and Obama. And Obama. Yeah. And by Obama. And, um, and we're supposed to just play along. You know, we're just supposed to play along and not see. I'm like, this is the thing about Biden's, you know, pedo problem. I don't understand how people can't see it. Like, how do you not see him like feeling up his granddaughter to put and purposely trying to like touch her and then, you know, kiss her on the mouth? It's so gross and such a power play. And the people on the left are like, that's just a normal grandpa. I'm like, you know, I joked for years that the problem with conser- with feminist women is that they're around left left wing men. The reason they hate men is because they're around left wing men. But the more this stuff comes out, I'm thinking that is the actual truth. It was a joke, but I mean, you know, if you're around Biden all the time, you'd hate men. Well, uh, either that or you're a sex addict and want to get around them all the time. Uh, Like certain people uh, in this family who had diaries that you are not allowed to talk about when they- Yeah, no, right. You're not allowed to talk about it. Send the FBI out if they, Mm -hmm. they, oh, did you get a chance to look at this thing? So now you get get knocked over by the feds. Um, Look, I, I think there's a lot to what you just said. Okay, so so everybody agrees that Biden is a creep, and it turns out that Paul Pelosi may or may not be one. Okay, so we're talking about the the Musk kind of um, meme about, and he responded to Hillary Clinton, and and all the lefties are like, I have uh, you know, oh my stars and lights, you know, they're all all very upset about this. We, you know. I got into this with all due respect to Ross Kaminsky, one of our fellow writers at the American Spectator. And he was like, why are you believing conspiracy theories? And I was like, why is it a conspiracy theory when I haven't seen the videotape of Paul Pelosi coming to the door, all of the, which everything's on video, right? Like the break-in has to be on video. The first interactions with Paul Pelosi and and the hammer incident have to be on video. Show me the video. I don't right. want to hear the DOJ. I don't want to hear the FBI who cover up for these weirdos. I don't want to hear about any of this. When it's two o'clock in the morning and he's in a hammer fight in his underwear with some uh, crazy lefty nudist who is now being portrayed somehow as a Trump supporter. Right. What? I don't believe it. And I'm sorry, you're going to have to prove it. We still don't know who was in the car with Paul Pelosi when he got pulled over for drunk driving. And they were going to make that go away until the outcry was there. And then they slapped him on the wrist and he got what community service or something. And so we still don't have the full story of that. And we're supposed to just take the word and people will say, well, you know, why would why aren't you taking the word of the cops? I don't know, because how easy is it to pay off these people? Show us the video. Show us the video and then fine, but don't call me a conspiracy theorist because I won't take the line hook, you know, take it hook, line and sinker and just believe this stuff. And so I I see this. So there's this kind of rhetorical bullying that happens where and it happened with COVID. We've had 50 different things now. It happened on Twitter. You could never say anything about Obama, you know. Uh, you and Biden w- it was completely lucid. And we're, if you say something about Fetterman, who's like brain dead, 
we see the same thing now and it's the bullying by the media and by the kind of the politicians and everything and every single the butt of every joke is maga i'm not even maga you know like i'm just like an average right-leaning person and with who likes trump in some ways and doesn't and but i don't view him as like satan so right. that makes that makes me some kind of crazy person evidently and i can i, I can see his uh um aptitudes honestly so that somehow makes me a, a trumpster or something it's just baloney so you have this vindictive kind of name calling constantly so we can't question anything or else we're conspiracy theorists and some kind of QAnon thing i'm like i don't even know who what QAnon really is and i think it's all baloney and i basically got rid of all those followers on twitter because they were as annoying as the obama birthers but i am sick of this Okay, so, you know, what say you about this whole Paul Pelosi thing and everything? Well, um, okay, so there are all these rumors about Paul Pelosi, and I'm not going to, like, get into all of that other than, look, it's San Francisco. Everybody knows anything goes over there, all right? I mean, the kind of morality that the rest of the country engages in is laughed at in that city. Plain and simple, we know this. We also know that this assailant... um, is in that scene, okay? So it's not totally implausible that this could have been what everybody was kind of snickering that it was. I actually think that it turns out that it's much more likely that this is something else that's embarrassing to the Democrats, Mm -hmm. which is that when you, first of all, embrace drug abuse as just another lifestyle choice, um, which they clearly have. And in California, it's just off the freaking charts how bad it is. Um, and you're 100% lawless. Like what happened to the Pelosi's happens to people in San Francisco all the time. It's a big deal because it's Nancy Pelosi's husband. But there are people that get burglars mm-hmm. come into their house all the freaking time in San Francisco. That place is a lawless literal shithole where there's poop all over the streets that they don't do anything about when people like David DePapi are, are, you know, living the, uh, their not exactly best life. All right. It's no less ridiculous than the idea that this guy is some right wing freaking mag assassin. Okay. Which is exactly <laughs> what they think. Right. We know, we know a number of things. The first thing we know is that the official story on this. Okay. Is BS. Right. We know it's BS. This whole idea that, oh, this is somebody and he comes in and he's going to do this whole you know thing with the hammer and he's there to get Nancy Pelosi and all that. Like that's a crock. We know it's a crock. And the reason we know it's a crock is because, first of all, there was a third person that opened the door when the cops came in and they're like, oh, no, no, there's not a third person. Now it was Paul Pelosi who opened the door. With and a hammer his, in his head, like I'm he wondering. The door and he's, he's like fighting with the guy over a hammer. And he opens the door. So, like, we're supposed to believe that this guy, from all, from that fact pattern and, and this kind of weirdness that all of this that, that they've told us, that, you know, the official story gets weirder and weirder every time they tweak it. We're supposed to believe that, oh, but this guy was a MAGA assassin. Like, he's a MAGA assassin. Like, we're supposed to believe that um, because that's what they tell us. And it's like, yeah, but you could, like, Melissa, you like you said, 
You've lied about everything. You lied about Trump and Russia. You lied about, I mean, like, there's not, you lied about Benghazi. I mean, this is, we go back years and years. You lied about, we talked all show about COVID and how they lied about that and how they've insisted on controlling the narrative to pit, push things that nobody agrees with. The transgender piece, the critical race theory piece. I mean, you could go on and on. Almost every major news meme in America today is a lie that every average American can look at and say, that's a bunch of crap. Why am I supposed to believe that? And now they're going to be like, oh, by the way, the hippie, nud gay, nudist, drug addict, homeless guy who lives in a commune in Berkeley or did, um, that all the neighbors are like, oh, yeah, that guy's completely whacked out and nuts and all of those people are. Oh, yeah, that is a mega assassin. Like, I'm supposed to believe that? And so the, the counter meme is, oh, it must have been a gay tryst gone wrong. And you say, oh, that's horrible that you guys did that. It's like, yeah, but it's no more alive than the crap they're trying to feed us. So if you're going to if they're going to call you a conspiracy theorist for for, you know, throwing something else out there, you might as well get your money's worth. And that's mean and it's terrible and it's nasty. But that's actually where we are, because they have said these things, not the gay tryst thing, but like other stuff that's just as bad. They have said this about people on the right for years. And now that folks are free to actually express themselves a little bit, they're going to freaking run with it. And you can't blame them because, hey, it's nasty, but it's fun. And you know what? It's no more of a lie than the, than the, than the lie agreed upon that we're supposed to freaking believe that somehow I'm responsible for David DePoppy whacking this dude with a hammer under circumstances that nobody nobody finds plausible so you know what screw you guys and if they want to have some fun with the, with the gay trist meme knowing that paul pelosi didn't die and knowing that this thing was at least at least the narrative around it is cooked up to try to save the, the democrats in the election hey you know what run with it what the hell you know everybody everybody's nasty in american politics now so be nasty and we'll sort it out later after we've had an election and our side wins. And then we can maybe declare a, a, uh, an amnesty on the Pelosi humor uh, after the fact when we're in control. Because that's how the rules work these days, right? And so, you know, the hell with it. I'm not judging anybody if they want to get nasty about the Pelosi thing. It doesn't mean that I necessarily buy that story, but I certainly don't buy the official narrative. So anything goes. And how about that? Well, for four years, people credulously talked about uh, Trump having, you know, they, them having a P tape, acted yeah. like that they had proof. And so we have a legit, you know, the rumors around San Francisco, we have a previous instance where Paul Pelosi, the police, everybody else was willing to cover up what he had done. And so now we're supposed to believe. And then the FBI ran in and the DOJ is running in to, you know, Fa and we also have a history of them, by the way, fabricating evidence, which is what they did in Michigan with Gretchen Whitmer. Yep. So I'm sorry. No, the burden of proof is on you. Show me the video. And until then, I believe nothing. I want to see the blood coming out of Paul Pelosi's head. And until I see that, I don't believe it. And so, like, that's just my, um, you know, perspective on that. Do I think that uh, violence is terrible? Yes. Do I think that we should keep illegal aliens out for just this reason? Yes, it's important for us to know. 
But I'm sorry, San Francisco is a sanctuary city and you keep psychotic, drug abusing, nudist, uh, stepchild um, pedos, because that's what he is, in the country because you're just such good people. And so when a guy like that attacks you, well, maybe change your laws and maybe take this seriously. Because if you weren't Paul Pelosi, no one would know about this hammer attack and you would have to suffer while the criminal was once again let out for his many felonies. And so all those people who've been his victims up until this point um, matter just as much as Paul Pelosi and, and you know Nancy Pelosi. So I'm done. Okay, with that, we have to be finished here. Um, we started angry. We're ending angry. <laughs> yeah, I'm I know. How does this happen? I'm How does this happen? All this aggression out, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got two weeks to see if the American people are as pissed off as we are about this just ridiculous, continual crap that we're being fed from the Biden administration, the media, and all of our institutions. So hopefully all of you who are watching us, thank you, Scott, for you know, jumping in and being there again today. And um, thank you for all, all of you for watching us. Please subscribe, please share, uh, put your comments down there in the comment section. Um, the, thank you for those of you who have commented and your nice comments, but really anything you think that we can do to make this better. Um, this is a shorter one. Uh, we were having some tech issues. We're going to get all this figured out. We're going to get this all figured out. But thank you for joining us, everybody, and make sure and go out and vote. You know, uh, I think we have, what, 78 hours or 72 hours now left of early voting, um, and then two weeks, and then it's time to vote if you haven't already. And so with that, we'll be done, and see you next week.